Welcome to the First Impressions Podcast, the official podcast of the Forum of Incident Response and Security Teams. Every month, Chris John Riley and myself, Martin McKay, share informal conversations with security professionals from around the globe. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers alone, and any sarcasm you hear is purely intentional. For more information on FIRST or this podcast, please check out FIRST.org. First impressions. Uh, you're here with Martin McKay and myself talking to uh, some of the first SIG chairs. We're lucky enough to be talking to James Chappell, CIO at Digital Shadows and uh, co-chair of the CTI SIG, along with Cresimir, graduate research assistant at Purdue University, regular keynote speaker and all-round great guy. Um, thanks very much for, for joining the podcast. Thanks for Thank having you. us. You're here to talk a little bit about some of the SIG work at first, specifically around the CTI SIG. So for people who aren't familiar, what is the CTI SIG? So, yeah, sure. The CTI SIG is a, a sort of community of people within first who are interested in the practice of cyber threat intelligence. And rather being a sort of a, a group to share indicators and sort of intelligence, it's more looking at the practice of doing cyber threat intelligence. So, you know, what are the best practices? What are some of the best definitions? And trying to help people collaborate uh, to find you know find the best way of doing cyber threat intelligence yeah and actually just to kind of bring in a couple of notes here so one of the challenges we found around threat intelligence is uh, as practiced in the civilian world is that there's way too much um, aggressive marketing that brings in quite a lot of terms out of context which causes a lot of confusion and actually makes it difficult for professionals to communicate because we have the, this imprinting of terms um, uh, just associated with the wrong things when they come from the marketing messages. Also, another challenge we're trying to solve is education. We don't appear to have very good uh, frameworks for training um, CTI analysts. So one of the, actually maybe the main goal of the SIG is to produce a formalized set of trainings, a list of trainings and material that people can use to train their analysts. And so that we all know that when somebody is a CTI analyst, they at least have uh, covered a particular level of knowledge. Or, you know, as we like to joke, you have to be distal to ride that ride. Let's let's set some ground foundation on this. How do we think of CTI, cyber threat intelligence, as being different from open source intelligence or other types of things that people might be historically thinking about when they hear CTI? How does what you're looking at differ from some of those older terms and, and what they meant? So I guess it's sort of information with context that helps uh, stop a harmful event from taking place that would be the intelligence side and cyber would be it's to do with computers or computer networks or digital networks in in some way osn i would say has been popularized uh, as a sort of a you know, the internet's made finding openly available information more easy uh, more straightforward uh, and in fact there's some cyber elements to that in the in the way that you're talking about cybersecurity, relevant information in there. Broader, it's sort of looking at outside of computer network security. It's looking at, at uh, you know, intelligence for other purposes as well. Whereas this is focused on running and managing cybersecurity in, in an organization. 
I would I would even say that uh, to a certain extent there's like a little bit of an overlap between the two. So yeah. whatever's OSINT in the in the internet space or in the cyber world would fall under CTI. However, there is a quite a lot of different intelligence disciplines in government, and we don't really refer to them this way in um, the civil uh, the civilian world. So if you look at uh, some of the components of what we call CTI, this would cover what is known as netting or SIBINT in the military, as well as parts of signal. So CTI is more of a fusion of a lot of those uh, disciplines and the part that can, can be used uh, by commercial companies or by, by civilians under the legislation that we operate within. So what kind of companies are really going to benefit from, from looking at CTI? You know, people who are large-scale enterprises or does it go all the way down to, to smaller enterprises or smaller companies that could also benefit from this space? Anyone that has a threat should be able to benefit from cyber threat intelligence. But how you do it will vary because if you're a security team of one person, it's not realistic to then have a CTI team of five people sat alongside you. So you might consume that through a service or by working with uh, open projects like OpenCTI or MISP, you know, uh, whereas somebody who's working in a big corporation probably would have two or three headcount available to run a CTI operation. Everybody could do it. It's just how you do it that varies. And one of the things we kind of put a stress on in the CTI curriculum is that there are two types of CTI participation. One of them is of a consumer and the other one is of a producer. So uh, the smaller shops will be a consumer taking information from companies that have produced it. For example, the company that uh, James uh, runs, they are a producer. They have the resource, they have the manpower, they also have the knowledge an ability to to collect different signals, different pieces of information, analyze them, and after they have this information analyzed and have a pr product that is actionable, they can disseminate this product where smaller consumers who do not have the budget can directly apply to their day-to-day -day operations. I also wanted to uh, mention that there's uh, inherent danger in understaffing CTI teams because there's particular bias where you have a very small team, a lot of the individuals, um, the individual researcher biases can come through in the product and even worse, this may create a, a blind spot for the company where the company thinks that they're doing well, but just because of the lack of competence and the lack of experience of that small team that is under-resourced, they may actually be getting a picture that is very far from reality. It's kind of funny because this, a lot of this goes back to what you were saying about marketing and, and what it's just basic understanding. And I think that's one of the things that the, um, that the SIG is working on is creating that a common body of knowledge and common terms. Because as you mentioned, um, Chris, that is one of the problems is that we aren't using the terms the same way and marketing isn't using the terms the same way for good or for ill. Yes. And Martin, actually one problem that I can share from my experience, I don't know, know if James has seen that and he can he can respond to that, but one of the things I have seen is that on a number of occasions, the CTI team is funded through the marketing team. They're under the marketing team, which is very dangerous. It creates very uh, perverse in, in, in incentives there. You can see, you know, because money talks, right? And if you're funded by the marketing team, you will be focused on achieving particular goals that this team 
wants to achieve. I think actually that is interesting. So you do see like, uh, let's throw in another int here, right? There's sock mint or social media intelligence. So you, you, you definitely do see teams that have been given, you know, the, the job of figuring out what's going on on social media and calling it sock mint. You definitely see that. It is it is really interesting though. Like I, I would took the, took the thousand biggest corporations in America today. I would say probably only the first sort of five hundred of those would have us like a dedicated team. Uh, the rest of them have to then figure out how they better understand threat by using different services. Sometimes that is like a marketing team who would be doing things like Sockmint. Quite often, like the IT security team or the the bit of the organisation underneath the CISO that has it as part of someone else's day job. So, like your your head of, head of IT security or your 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 lead in sort of incident response has it as part of their remit. So it's sort of a, a split role quite often. No two consumers of this stuff are alike, and that that in itself doesn't lend to the clarity. So, how does the SIG? go about helping alleviate some of these issues uh, i mean because we're, we're not here to bag on marketing or say how different no. they are we really we, we respect them and have to deal with them on a daily basis but yep. uh, how does the sig actually help alleviate some of the problems we've just discussed Crossy? well i was going to say uh there's a, a famous saying uh to influence is to educate so by us, uh, and as you say, we don't want to kind of bash on marketing teams because they're doing the best that they can with the resources that they have. Uh, what we're trying to do is to be this beacon, this guiding light where we push a very clear curriculum and clear terminology. And we're basically inviting everyone to align to that. And now both of us have experience in other spheres of, uh, you know, of that field. So we, we, we can kind of bridge that gap and, and help um, unify that that terminology. So I think that, that the main thing is, you know, don't bash against anyone, just focus on disseminating information and educating people. And this is why first um, is probably the best vehicle for us to be um, to be doing that because first it has very wide reach. It's also international reach. Uh, so that that's how we approach that, James. Yeah, I, I completely agree. The the opportunity we have though is is to sort of say set these common definitions and uh, common ways of describing things, and just uh, say, look, that's the that's the version we use works really well for us, and then have people sort of uh, encourage people to use that a little bit more. We're not a standards body for CTI, we're but we are we are sort of the sum of our experience, and there's a lot of people who've spoken before to come up with these definitions which then means we can have much more straightforward conversations about this discipline going forward and if you just look at the mechanics um you know there there, there has been a gap or for a long time there was a gap uh, in the training in that space you know there were some people coming from the military which brought their knowledge which was great but there were a lot of people that didn't have that background so when there is a gap, the gap will automatically be filled by something, and it is random stuff in many cases. What we're trying to do is fill that gap with structured, well-thought-out curriculum. This is actually, you know, me as an academic, um, I'm also trying to, to do that within academia as well. Have a better training for people that are graduating um, their, you know, undergrad and master's level classes and can be better prepared to join the workforce as uh, cyber threat intelligence. So again, it's about educating and um, 
leading the way in that space with providing information. So working together to, to come up with that shared vernacular and that shared glossary is, is really great. For companies who are just coming into this space and realizing they need to be playing ball, they need to kind of embrace CTI in whatever form that might be, how can they use the SIG to really kind of get the first foot on that ladder, get information and figure out what they need to do to, to start that journey? Two initiatives we've been working on recently, one of which was to create a short presentation for business stakeholders around cyber threat intelligence, which really explores why, why should you as an organization do this? And it's a short presentation that people can put into their own format and borrow bits from and then use that to create a, a short business case for doing cyber threat intelligence. The second of those two things is a, which is something working on right now, is a similar sort of presentation, but for technical stakeholders. So who are the people in the organization you're going to need to interact with? How are you going to bring them on board with the idea of having a technical capability that helps you to better understand threat? And you know how, that, how are they going to get benefit from that? And there's, again, a short presentation which we're currently producing uh, that, that we're, we're sharing, with, first of all, with all first members, but hopefully a bit more broadly shortly too. Those are two really good examples of particular things we do, but overall we have an entire project uh, where we're focusing on providing those templates for those teams. So as, as James mentioned, those are the two presentations that they can take directly and brand for their own company and they just directly uh, present to their management uh, or to the rest of the technical team. But we also have some other documentation showing how to structure the team, the levels of maturity. As I mentioned earlier, there are two types of uh, participants in the CTI. There's the producers and there's the uh, consumers. And also note that the producers usually are also consumers from other producers uh, or just raw signal. But again, all of those are explained um, in our maturity document showing how different teams would progress in their path towards achieving uh, that goal of building a CTI team. Um, and also some of those documents are designed in such a way that technical assets working on them can also go and take them to the to their management and be like, hey, you know what, for the current budget, we can only af afford to be at that level of maturity. Because if we want to go to the next level, we need to have higher budget. But now the question is, do we have the need? So some of those documents find the needs and also what is required to fulfill those needs. So we can give a relatively inexper inexperienced team or a person, because in some companies, this is a single person, the necessary knowledge and also collateral that they can show to their management to justify their actions and what they're asking for. I think that's a huge bonus for people who are new to the CTI, because quite frankly, they may be just getting uh, understanding the concept, concepts themselves, but if they have to then explain that to management, a lot of us don't have the skills to explain to senior management um, in short words and, and with little um, technical description to senior management. Well, and let's face it, the way our industry is structured, a lot of the senior management have a little bit of an ego. And uh, it's very difficult for somebody that's young in this space, doesn't have a lot of experience. And I'm saying this space, not in CTI, but in general, somebody who's in the beginning of their career, it's very difficult for them to go and talk to a um, higher tier person without having something that they can show, even though they may be right, uh, it will be very difficult for them to make a case in you know sometimes so a, giving that support is important 
there's a really good example of that. Actually, if you don't have a CTI function, you'll be doing intelligence through a management news headline where somebody in the management team looks at the news, goes big news, cyber news story. And then uh, next thing is, what are we doing about it? The question gets asked of the team. Even if you don't have a cyber threat intelligence team or a, or a function, you're going to be doing this stuff anyway, because you're going to be having to think about what's been read in the newspapers that morning by, by your management team and then being prepared to answer those questions. So uh, it, I guess if you if you have some things to help you along the way uh, to m make that process better, then it can only be a good thing. That's an excellent point, actually, because this also brings a lot of biases because, you know, we know most of the blogs, unfortunately, are driven by marketing as well, which causes um, them to be completely skewed in one direction. So unless you have the proper uh, team to analyze those, again, companies may end up overspending, mitigating something that was just inflated because of the way it was presented. So for people who are interested in, in getting to know more about the CTI SIG, maybe getting involved or, or attending one of the, the meetings at the upcoming conference or an upcoming symposium, how can they find out uh, more information? So there are a couple of ways, actually. So as you mentioned, there are events where we present uh, the, the, the SIG, but we also currently have a, a mailing list uh, that users can sign up uh, to the CTI SIG uh, news list. Uh, and James actually can speak in a lot of details about the, the symposium and the conference because he he actually does a lot of work in that space. Sure, yeah. Uh, so, uh, to, yes, at the annual conference, we always have a uh, one of the SIGs presenting there. So we, we'll be presenting at the one in Toronto coming up first, for example. There's also, so far, we've had one symposium once annually for sub-threat intelligence as well just come back after covid so we had the most recent one in berlin which was really good all of that content is up on youtube uh, so go look at the first youtube channel uh, you can see all of the presentations to that conference up there which are most recently which is really worth taking a look at if you want to participate in the sig so if you want to author content or uh, produce uh, materials for other first members get involved in that process you can actually join the sig and you can do that by going to the first website, go under SIGs and just hitting the request for jo to join button. You'll get asked a few questions about, you know, what you're planning to contribute. We're, we're not too encouraging of, of, of lurkers. We'd rather you participate in the SIGs. So, uh, yeah, think about what you can bring along and uh, come talk to us. Yeah, and this is why we have the uh, news mailing list. Uh, if you're curious what the SIG is up to when we release new version of the curriculum or new version of the templates, uh, we make those announcements um, on the mailing list. So, uh, you know, you don't have to, you know, go full bore. Hey, let me join the SIG. Uh, you can just sign up for the mailing list, see how you like it. And again, I would strongly encourage you to to attend some of those events like the first annual conference or the local symposiums. Um, we actually, over the years, had two types, the CTI SIG Summit and also the um, uh, symposium. So uh, look for those on the website. We're also going to be sending announcements about those on the news mailing list. So go click and subscribe. <laughs> Uh, you mentioned the the upcoming conferences, um, the one in Canada. I guess you mentioned you mean the the main conference in Montreal in June. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Perfect. So I'm just making sure my flights are booked to the right city. If I'm flying to Toronto, I'm definitely <laughs> yeah. Sorry, oh, you're quite right. I got. <laughs> 
Yes, you're quite right. So I did indeed mean the uh, yeah Montreal conference. Perfect. Great. Um, I mean, if there's uh, any interest in people following you on social media, continuing the discussion or, or reaching out, um, do you do the social medias, whatever that platform might be nowadays? Uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm on Mastodon and on Twitter, so I quite quite get involved with that. I think, Crassie, you do, do less of that, I guess. Yeah, I do less of that, but I would actually strongly recommend following the uh, first uh, Twitter account. Yeah. Uh, many of our announcements go through the Twitter uh, through the first Twitter account, and again, um, sign up for the mailing list. Um, that that would definitely. You know, it's a little old school. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but, you know that that's a that's a really good way to to keep current uh, with what we do. I, I just sort of say, overall, I think this is still we've come a long way in ten years. So we started talking about cyber threat intelligence far back in first as two thousand and four. So that was the first time somebody mentioned the the concept. And as as Crassy quite rightly points out, it was a very confusing period from about 20, 2010, 2011 where everything was cyber threat intelligence and, and nothing was at the same time um and now actually i think it has matured like we've got better understanding on how what the use cases for threat intelligence are be that things like indicators how you apply those be that things like um removing bias from reports be, be that making sure you have good quality products that your stakeholders can consume i think we've come an enormous a long long way in, a, in actually, you know, a decade is a short amount of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one other thing I just wanted to kind of call out uh, on the website, we also have other resources that we share, like, for example, the Megalist, which is a set of tools that can be used in the context of cyber threat intelligence. Um, just go to the website and see uh, there may be things that, um, that you find useful. Um, it's under the first org website, and then you go to the SIGs section, and then you'll find the cyber threat intelligence SIG. This is also where you can sign for the sign up for the mailing list and apply for membership if you choose that uh, choose to do so and are willing to participate and contribute. Great. Well, thank you very much for for coming on the podcast, talking to us about the uh, the CTI SIG, what's going on, and a little bit about the history. Yeah, we've been talking to James Chapel, CIO of Digital Shadow, um, and Cressamir, graduate research assistant at Purdue University. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks. Thank you for having us. Thank you for listening to the First Impressions podcast, and thanks to this week's guests. You can find Chris John Riley on Twitter at. Chris John Riley, all one word. You can find me, Martin McKay, on Twitter at MCKEAY. And you can find the first organization at first.org, F I R S T D O T O R G. You can also find more information about First and the First Impressions podcast at first.org. Thanks again for listening.